The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Let's turn to the weekend's football. Miguel Delaney, chief football writer with The Independent, is with us. And could it be, despite the brilliance of what we saw from Manchester City yesterday in demolishing Manchester United, that when you think about it in a greater, longer-term perspective, it isn't necessarily good because unless Erling Haaland gets injured, we don't have a Premier League contest this season. Manchester City are going to run away with it. Yeah, now I know people say, the immediate response to that will be, well, actually, City aren't currently top, Arsenal are. But I think we can all see the direction of travel. Um, even even next weekend, Arsenal are playing uh, Liverpool, which is, I mean, despite Liverpool's form, isn't exactly a gimme and could be where we see the start to switch. Uh, but, but, I mean, really, I mean, as you say there, if we, if we actually stand back, at the moment... City have won four of the last five titles. Three of those have been invo- have involved points returns of of ninety plus ninety plus points returns. Where I think they got they got over ninety five points twice. That's unprecedented in football history. That there's never been returns like that. And the only time they didn't win a title, so it would have been five out of five, had it not been for a Liverpool team who had to go and win at twenty two of the first twenty three games of the season. So that's what I kind of took. And and Liverpool have probably seen the consequence of pushing themselves so far now. And on top of that, suddenly after basically, I suppose, a half decade of, you know, Guardiola's grand tactical experiments as, as they kind of won so many games, what they've done now is basically just added on pretty much the greatest guarantee of goals since Cristiano Ronaldo at his peak, possibly more prolific than Cristiano Ronaldo at his peak. And right, even though they say they drew a villa early on, drew Newcastle, does anyone really think that City aren't going to get over 90 points again? And if you're getting over 90 points, you've pretty much got a, what, 95% chance of winning the title, maybe higher than that. And then suddenly we're in five out of six years, a young Haaland, Guardiola, I don't think he'd be moving anytime soon. Uh, and what does that say about about English football? Suddenly you, you're in a situation that looks a lot like League on with Paris Saint-Germain, who, of course, and other sports-washing projects, given their own by Qatar, uh, or the Bundesliga of Bayern's nine in a row, or what well, Italy was up until recently, Juventus nine in a row. But certainly, it's the sort of dominance that the Premier League hasn't exactly been sold on. And that was almost a thing about Sunday's game as well. Even the way Ten Hag spoke about it afterwards, it, it, like, that it wasn't in any way a shock that Manchester City had just absolutely thrashed Manchester United and at one point were up 6-1. Like, compare that, of course, to the, the, the famous 6-1 from October 2011, or even the way Sir Alex Ferguson, sorry, Sir Alex Ferguson, I'm used to living in there. That's okay, we'll forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we were at the Tribune, we always used to take out the Sir. Um, <laughs> but, um, on, on instructions, go on. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, but then the way, the way Ferguson spoke of the 5 1 city back in, in 1989, and you know, this was, this was kind of like one of the greatest calamities ever suffered in his career, whereas now it's just. It's something that happened. Even Ten Hag was talking about it. Oh, that's just the way it is at the moment, where we are and where they are. And that is not a particularly promising situation. And of course, it's interesting as well. It's like it comes at what's quite... We're at a very interesting point in football history, whereas a direct response, as a direct response to projects like Abu Dhabi, Manchester City, or Qatar and Paris Saint-Germain, 
the Super League hasn't gone away. There's going to be the next stage, the court case there in December. Meanwhile, there's all sorts of plans on the service. So many people in football now are talking about how the game could do with some with some kind of reset. And, with, and of course, Qatar, the World Cup itself, disrupting some wishes. So it does fall in quite an interesting... I know that it's getting into quite a big discussion here out of one game and one derby. But there's a lot of strands going around about around football right now. That And I think the next one or two two years could bring some kind of reckoning. Well, can I say one positive thing maybe in that for all the winning that they've done in recent years at English level, of course, they haven't won in Europe yet. There have been times when perhaps football fans have been maybe a little bit underwhelmed by Manchester City in that it was all exceptionally effective and to admire, but not necessarily to love. Whereas what Haaland has done has given them a real wow factor in that he finishes goals in a way that is almost jaw-dropping at times. And that yes. that has added to the enjoyment of watching Manchester City. Well, he's given them a charisma, hasn't he? I mean, however, however you want to kind of think what charisma is. But he does something quite... Basically, he makes you want to watch him. And that's been... I think you're absolutely right there, Matt. It's been the thing with City as well. Even though they had Pep Guardiola, this wasn't... They weren't seen in the way that Pep Guardiola's Barcelona were. And again... That Barcelona between 2008 and 11, they became appointment television. Really. But they also had loved... Messi because Messi would do yeah. extraordinary things as well as all the wonderful uh, play that put him into the positions. And this is him now. De Bruyne, when he hits these wonderful crosses or passes, has somebody in Haaland who can execute exceptionally, doing things that athletically you wouldn't expect somebody as physically big as him to be able to do. But that's exactly it. And I, and I think because of what City were, where everyone, even if it's not as dis- discussed as much as it possibly could be, certainly it's not discussed in the way, say, the Qatar World Cup has discussed the issues around the ownership. But even there was at least some kind of, because of the amount of money spent since 2008, it, I think it's probably always fed into this perception with City where it just, it, it, I think people, it leaves people a little bit cold. Uh, when, when, when they win something, it's not talked of in the way... Liverpool winning something and United winning something is. There's just that element of, it's something that happens because of how much money has been invested. So there's kind of this element of sterility to it. And really, it's probably what, it's probably why there's an extra shrewdness to the Haaland signing, beyond the obvious fact that he's a brilliant player who just sticks the ball in the net at a ridiculous rate. Well, Miguel, quite... in, in the time we have left to us, why don't we talk about some of the other teams? Actually, the one thing that struck me about Manchester United's selection yesterday was if Casemiro had been bought for 60 million quid, to provide solidity in midfield. Why the hell wasn't he picked yesterday? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I was told before the game that there was no fitness issue. Um, so, I mean... I thought that would have been the perfect opportunity to put a hardened, experienced, defensive midfielder in position. Well, look, when he, when he was signed, there was a lot of discussion about how he was a very different midfielder to De Jong, who, who, who was who... Um, Ten Hag wanted and that one of the reasons that the, the deal might have been done was because basically it was there to be done it was a star signing rather than specifically what Manchester United need we can't say for that, that for certain now but I think the truth will probably come over the next month or so depending on how much he's used but certainly there are questions there that he hasn't been used yet and, it, and I think you're completely right especially in a game like that because we, we know Ten Hag's ideal of football is something like Guardiola's but he can't play a yet at United because he doesn't have all the players He's new to the job, and he's still trying to work out a team, a club that is a little bit broken. So what did he do yesterday? He tried to play a more defensive approach. And again, 
that should be. I mean, how Real Madrid won the Champions League last season was basically they put Casemiro ten to fifteen yards close to the goal, sat back and had him break up a lot of play. You would have thought that's exactly what should, would have been required for Manchester City yesterday. But even, I mean, I suppose with United, maybe it's fair to point out that they hadn't played a Premier League game for a month, and maybe that fed into the fact that I must say I was very surprised at how disconnected and lax they were because it felt like they'd actually that one of the things Ten Hag had done in his first months after that horror start was that he'd restored a little bit of bite to the team again especially in games like say when they beat Liverpool and even when they beat Southampton away they didn't have much United but they had they had a little bit of a kind of core again but that that just completely evaporated in City Are Liverpool's legs gone? I mean, I know there's been all sorts of theories and Mark Lawrenson has said it in this programme that they started this training back late because it's been a massively long season they had last year. But could it be that last year's season has caught up with them and a certain of the players who are getting older are no longer playing it with the intensity that Liverpool need for it to work and that they may not actually have it in the legs anymore to do so? Uh, to be honest, I would probably take a more... Uh, I'd stand back a bit... And take a more maybe a slightly more benign interpretation. I think what's happening with Liverpool, I, I do, I, I think Mark is absolutely right. I think that's a factor, but I think there's something bigger going on here, which is basically that. I mean, if you again look, Ferguson's constant belief that was always borne out by what what he'd do every three or four years, where he'd suddenly make a drastic change to the team, was that any any successful team only has a three four year cycle, and once you get to that point, it'll go stale, things will go wrong. And you need to rip it up. Which is, so we want 95, getting rid of Kinchelskis, Inns, all the rest of it. I think Klopp is going through that period now, but it hasn't been as drastic as what Ferguson did. It's been more gradual. Hence, as you say, there's so many pillars, so, so many players in the last five years still there. And ultimately, I think when you're in transition, this is pretty much what it looks like. It's very difficult to go from one cycle to a next and be, be, pick up immediately where you took off. And so even as a basic example, they have to get used to Darwin Nunes, who's a completely different player to Sadio Mane, whatever about the debates about Darwin Nunes as a player as himself. And for, for me, while I accept there's all sorts of other factors, I, I think that is the main issue with Liverpool right now. Having pushed themselves to the limit for five years with a very defined team, they've had to make changes and they're suffering the consequences. Yeah, of but can I years. throw you another one? Is Van Dyke, for example, defending properly anymore? And we had this debate a few weeks ago when he stood off in the Manchester United game. But now he, he doesn't have that dominant presence at centre-half that we had come to expect from him. Yeah, at the very, he does look commanding. And I think, it, I suppose it's all the more interesting given that people had expected him. Or, uh, there were some questions, given the extent of his injury layoff, um, that you know, there were there were questions at the time where he would quite come back to same player, but there were times last season when he was absolutely brilliant. Um, so I mean, so for it to happen now uh, points to something different. It, again, it could just be a drop of form. It, it does happen, um, but uh, for the moment, it's. It, I mean, Van Dijk is so central to how Liverpool. It's it's why basically Klopp decided. Okay, but fighting. the final point because we are out of time, but. You know, Liverpool now look like they mightn't be a top four team at the end of the season. From what we've seen, are Arsenal the best bet to come second to Manchester City, or will they be able to continue it? I, I suppose the doubt about Arsenal. I was at the game on Saturday. Um, is a the fact that may they're still on the rise, so they don't have the full quality. It's probably not exactly as the team as Arteta would like, but the ingredients are there. And also, I suppose because they don't have the players, it means 
he's got his uh, his system of play in place, but it's not complete. And I mean, even though they ended up winning quite commandingly on Saturday, that first half was basically could have gone either way. It was because they played such a high line. It was actually it was quite like the Manchester United game, except this time it went the other way for Arsenal, where the risk paid off. I think that's going to be an issue as the season progresses. But certainly they've got a lot of momentum now. And you know, you know what they actually do? They feel like, to be fair. And they have that kind of um, that kind of giddy period where a team knows they're on the up. It's, it's a little bit like Klopp and Liverpool around 2017. I mean, they weren't a complete team at that point, but you could see things were going in the right direction. And I think for Arsenal, I mean, given the way they've started the season, maybe at this point anything less than second would be, it would feel a bit more disappointing. But let's not forget, if they get back into the Champions League, regardless of what happens with the other clubs, that is progress, and that shows they're on an upward step. But yeah, I think you're, you're probably right. Uh, and it is actually a little bit of a pity now that they were due to play Manchester City in two weeks' time in a midweek game, but that's now been postponed because Arsenal's game against PSV had to had to be had to be rearranged. Yeah, what a pity that, that is. That, okay, that, listen, that, I'm going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you, Miguel Delaney, chief football writer with the Independent. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty.